Picture this, you're sitting down to watch a live poetry performance. The first poet takes the stage, and as they begin to read, they're accompanied by a live jazz band. If this sounds intriguing, well, you're in luck. International Jazz Poetry Month returns to Pittsburgh on May 2nd. The festival features more than 50 artists, including local jazz icons and poets from Algeria, Cuba, Sudan, and Ukraine. Tickets to watch online or in person at City of Asylum's home on the north side are free. Get yours at cityofasylum.org before they're gone. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, it hasn't even been a year since the Fern Hollow Bridge collapse, and already you can walk the dog or drive across the reconstructed bridge. But that's just one bridge in our city of bridges. There's dozens more that need more than a Band-Aid. Should we be crossing our fingers as we cross? We're with Charlie Wolfson from Public Source to find out. It's Tuesday, January 10th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. I think it's unavoidable to live in Pittsburgh and not feel at least a little nervous crossing some of these rusty old bridges. So before we talk to Charlie, the CityCast team had a little chat about what we do when we're going over bridges we don't trust. I mean, even the ones I do trust. Do y'all ever do the thing where you just like, you know, sitting in a red light and you look at the rivers and maybe they're serene and maybe it's gray and you just stare at your window and you're like, how quickly could I escape this car if the bridge came down right now? I don't think about it. I think I like just drive as quickly over it as possible. But I do remember there being a very specific bounce on that Fern Hollow Bridge when you would drive across. So now I just pay attention to a a little bounce. If there is one, I'm going to find another route. I think about who's going to cover my obituary and accept my fate. I, like, check, if see if I'm wearing something cute so that <laughs> if there's footage of me being pulled from the water, I'll look okay. <laughs> and then I also think about the tip of that you can put, lift up your headrest and it has, like, a sharp pointy end um, at the tip that you can use to break a window, which is a good safety tip I learned. Honestly, I choose just to dissociate and pretend like it's just a normal street. That was lead producer Megan Harris. Nice to hear a little cameo while she's on maternity leave. Producers Elizabeth Kama and Mallory Falk, and newsletter editor Francesca DeBecco. But we wanted to know whether our nervousness is justified. Here's our conversation with Public Source reporter Charlie Wolfson. So Charlie, before we get into, you know, the nitty gritty of it all, I need to know, do you have a least favorite bridge in Pittsburgh? Oh, yeah. It's a it's a really small one. It's on Negley between Ellsworth and Center. It's right by the Market District Giant Eagle. It is one of the ones that is rated poor, and it just is terrible. It's just so it looks like it's falling apart. I know exactly what Bridge is talking about. Yeah. I'm not saying people don't drive over it. I'm just saying it looks awful. Right by the busway? Yeah. And I, I personally mm-hmm. drive over mm-hmm. it a lot. And there's a stoplight on it, for, and it's like 20 feet long. It's so unnecessary. Yeah. So the the Fern Hollow Bridge collapsed less than a year ago, and it's already open for, you know, foot traffic, car traffic. It's just so fast. Uh, But what about the rest of the bridges in Pittsburgh? How many more need repairs? Yeah, so, I mean, that's the all-important question. That's what we've been following ever since the Fern Hollow Bridge fell down. Uh, There's a few ways to look at it. There's the rating system that the state uses 
which has approximately 24 city-owned bridges that are rated poor, which to clarify, mm. that doesn't mean it's about to fall down, but it means it does need maintenance or else it's going to get worse. And it's a pretty pressing issue. The Fern Hollow Bridge was rated poor at the moment it fell down. So there's 24 bridges that the city owns that have that designation. So it's safe to say they all need work. But then there's a lot of bridges that aren't rated poor, but the sentiment is that they need work to prevent them from becoming poor soon. Uh, and that's part of the report that the city commissioned recently that really lays out in detail just what lays ahead for the city as it tries to, to get things in order. Yeah. And what's wild about it is that the Fernalo Bridge was rated poor, but it wasn't closed off, you know, to traffic or to people crossing it. So I guess it was still considered in decent enough condition to be usable. Um I think that's the scary thing about it all. But yeah, the report you mentioned, an international engineering firm did it for more than a million dollars and it just came out. So what is that report and what did it find? The point of the report was basically to look at all of the bridge inspection reports that the city has on hand. They have one for each of their 150 bridges. So they they hire these professionals to look at all of them and figure out what needs to be done in what priority order, how long is it gonna take and how, how do we manage all of that? The report found, according to a summary that was released, that there are 27 bridges in the city with conditions that needed to be addressed within a week. Uh, the city has since said that they, they've taken care of most of those. And there's also in the next category, which is bridges that should be corrected in the next six months, uh, they found 69 in that category. So. It, the, the report sets up a pretty big workload for the city. What, what does it mean to have a critical or high priority issue? Well, some of the critical ones are what they called sign-related issues. So certain signs that the bridge is required to have for safety that are important, but the bridge is not going to fall down because the sign is missing. Other ones are structural. Um, some that you could see, maybe concrete crumbling somewhere on the bridge, some that you may not be able to see. What what are some of the bridges that might be critical or have like a high priority issue? Like, and, and what are those issues with the bridges? Do you know? Yeah, so I'm not sure what the, you know, exact structural issues are for each bridge, but there's some major ones on this list that are rated poor. The Charles Anderson Bridge in Oakland, the Swindell Bridge that goes over a major highway. It just varies really from bridge to bridge what the problem is, but Back when I was reporting right after the collapse last year, the way scientists put it to me is this, the minute a bridge opens, it begins decaying and declining and bridges will naturally just get worse over time. That's just a fact. And they're like people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and these bridges, these relatively small number that are rated poor or what have you, they're at the point where it needs attention and it needs to be uh, restored. So whether that's the road deck itself, the the understructure, it, it'll vary, but there's lots of important components. Do you like to dance? Look at beautiful art. 
Eat Gourmet Snacks People Watch will mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins, and so will everyone else there. Be playful, be imaginative, explore your magical realm, because this is a theme party. You want to come dressed to impress. You must be 21 and up to attend, and rest assured, every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum, its art, its education, and all of its community outreach initiatives. Get your tickets now to the 25th Mattress Factory Garden Party. They are in our show notes and online at mattress.org. So I saw in the report that we have eight bridges that currently have uh, a critical issue. Are we supposed to just drive across them still after, you know, seeing what happened with the Fern Hollow Bridge collapse? It just I feel like puts people a little bit on edge to to see that some of our a lot of our bridges are in desperate need of repair. Like, are they still safe, I guess, to go across? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a really good question. The terminology can really vary depending on who is talking. So. What one person calls a critical issue may not be something that makes it unsafe. So the people who inspect these bridges will close the bridge if they think it's a danger. And they have done that to numerous bridges in our area. Some of them are closed right now for that reason. So the practice is that they will close a bridge as soon as they discover that it could be a danger. In this report, some of the critical issues were you know, structural problems that made it unsafe, and some of them are closed. Some of the critical issues were like some problem with the railing that is considered critical by these engineers and should be fixed, but it is not threatening to bring the whole bridge down. So that really varies. Generally, the system where bridges are closed when inspectors deem that they're unsafe. The engineers I spoke to last year had a lot of faith in that even after Fern Hollow. Uh, Fern Hollow, we haven't learned yet what the NTSB report will say about that, about why it collapsed and why inspections didn't uh, shut it down. So we can't really speculate on that. But even after that bridge came down, the engineers I spoke to were not really shaken that much regarding the inspection process. What about the money of it all? Because it's not free to fix a bridge and we have a lot that need to be fixed. Um, So do we have the money to repair this many bridges? Yeah, I mean... Definitely not all at once. There's, it's, it's really expensive. And that's probably the biggest challenge in this whole ordeal. However, it is a better time than maybe ever before in recent decades to do it. You had the bipartisan infrastructure bill that Congress passed in 2021. Yeah. So that's going to be bringing a lot more money than in recent years for bridges. You have really, as, as some officials told me, an unprecedented amount of money available. So there's going to be room to do a lot of work. It's going to take, however, a really long time to do all of it. And another constraint aside from money is just staff capacity. For each of these bridge projects, you need city employees to manage it and manage the contracting process and all of that. And they can only do so many at one time. Um, So that's another kind of bottleneck. So we aren't putting any money towards fixing these bridges this year. 
That's correct. There's according to the capital budget for this year that was passed, there's no construction spending planned for 2023. As I understand it, that's because the planning processes for these projects that they're working on have just not advanced to the point where they can put shovels in the ground this year. It's not because they don't want to. It's not because they don't have the money. It's because these things take a lot of planning and designing and lots of steps, lots of boxes they have to check. And for various reasons, it's just not going to be there this year, they think. What about the money that former mayor Bill Peduto set aside for bridge repair in this year, in 2023? Yeah, that's that's another interesting thing that we covered in our story. So each year when a mayor sets out his budget for the following year, they actually set out a plan for the next five years. So in 2021, Bill Peduto, the former mayor, he wrote a budget that extended, of course, well beyond his term in office because he was he left at the end of that year. So his five-year plan included a good deal of money and construction of bridges in 2023. Ed Ganey comes in. He just proposed his first budget. It was passed by city council in December, the 2023 budget. And on the capital side, that was a really significant change from Peduto's proposal. It had, as we said before, no money for construction of bridges this year. I asked Mayor Ganey's deputy mayor, Jake Pollock, why that was, and he wouldn't get into specifics, but said that they just wanted to stick to a realistic timeline. They didn't think it was realistic to do the construction this year, so they didn't put it in the schedule for this year. What that means about what they think of the former mayor's budget, if it was unrealistic if it or if things have just changed since then, it's kind of unclear, but hmm. uh, it's clear they, did, they didn't think they could get it done this year. You spoke to him before this report came out, you know, saying that we have all of these issues with our bridges. Does that change anything, though? Like, you know, knowing that we have, knowing that our bridges are in the condition that are that they're in, our infrastructure is in the condition that it's in, um, does that light a fire at all under the Ganey administration to try to get some of this work, some of these repairs done this year? Yeah, so this report, I don't think the, severity of the problem outlined in the report surprised anyone at city hall Hmm. the report put new detail on it it gave it's supposed to give them more of a roadmap for what to do i don't think they have any more urgency now and i i mean i believe they had urgency before i don't think the report really shocked them into action because they already knew it's a pretty deep problem but their hope is that this report uh and why they spent more than a million dollars on it Their hope is that it will allow them to more effectively tackle this problem. It, of course, remains to be seen if that will come true. Charlie, are there any bridges that uh, you wouldn't go across? (laughs) I don't think so. I I don't usually think about it when I'm driving around. Yeah, me either. Uh, Charlie Wolfson is a local government reporter for Public Source. Charlie, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Glad to join you. We'll drop a link to Charlie's reporting on bridge repairs in our show notes. A little more news before you go. State Representative Jessica Benham, a Democrat from the South Side, has been named co-chair of the state's LGBTQ plus equality caucus. Her co-chair is Malcolm Kenyatta from Philly, which means this is the first time both caucus chairs are openly queer. Representative Dan Frankel from Squirrel Hill formed the caucus back in 2011. Benham, who's autistic, is also a disability rights advocate. 
And you might remember our episode about the Freedom House Ambulance Service. It was the first team of paramedics ever. They were all black men from the Hill District. Well, there's a new WQED documentary about Freedom House in case you want to learn even more. It premieres tonight at a free screening at the Jerron X Grayson Community Center in the Hill. And it's airing on WQED at 8 p.m. tomorrow night. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you enjoyed the show, cross a bridge and tell a friend that you enjoyed it. Rate the show, leave a review, and of course, subscribe to our Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city, so we'll see you then. The Highland Park Bridge is seriously like a portal to hell.